If you've ever said the words or written the words, I am that bitch, you're just a bitch. And also, to the band, a day to remember. You talk about your friends in far too many songs. At some point, you have to grow up and understand you guys might be the problem. You shouldn't have sang the song since you've been gone. You should have sang the song Toxic. Because you guys seem toxic when it comes to friends. Enjoy the episode, guys. Give me some water. I'm thirsty. Bitch, you're beautiful. Welcome to episode 20 of It's Funny You'd Say That Podcast. I am your host, Travis. Now, is my son sick for the first time in a year? Yes. Is it because he was around a bunch of kids again? Yes. Did he bring it home and get dad sick too? Yes. Dad's feeling sassy because of that. Actually, we're all really exhausted in the home, and I'm tired. Not as tired as my wife, who has been snugging down in basically a twin-sized bed with my huge son. Yeah, it's it's not been fun for her. Uh, We've been trying to prop him up and whatnot, so he doesn't choke on his fluids. But let's talk about a cuter story with my son, shall we? I love my son so much. He's the cutest fucking little guy. He's so fucking fun to be around, and he's been advancing a lot lately. Uh, I've talked about this before. He and I are both on the autism spectrum. Um, You know, he's high-functioning, but he's delayed in a few areas. But God damn it, he's so fucking cute. And he's been so rad, and he's been talking so much more than, you know than he used to and one of my favorite things to do is to walk in his room in the morning Um, I'll take the gate down that we leave up so he can't get out of his room during the night Uh, and then he'll turn over and he'll see me and he'll smile really big just the biggest smile and uh, I could tell he just loves me so much it's so obvious how much he loves me and the other day we're getting him ready for school My wife's, you know, doing her makeup and everything, and I made his lunch, and I got him dressed, and, you know, yeah, we're walking out the door, Uh, we're going to the car, I give him a big hug and kiss, Uh, and then my wife puts him in the car, and they're about to take off, and I lean in, you know, Uh, I'm about to go to the gym, you know, I want to go happy, so I lean in, get another big hug from the dude, give him some kisses on the cheek, And uh, get my snuggles in, you know? I love my snuggles. Um, Now, I say what I always say at least a thousand times a day. I go, hey, buddy, I love you so much. Hey, buddy, I love you. 
And what do I get back, guys? Can you guess what my adorable, loving child said back to his father, who does a lot for him, by the way, takes time out of his day to do things for him, stays at a job that he's not really a super big fan of because it helps support his life? I said, hey, buddy, I love you so much. Hey, buddy, I love you. I hope you have a good day. I love you. And this guy, this three-year-old savage goes, thank you. Hey, man, we're not in a romantic comedy. You tell your father you goddamn love him. I gave you so many I love yous. But at least he was polite about it. You know what I'm saying, guys? At least he was fucking polite. This podcast might be all over the place because I am not feeling great. And I didn't even take time to, uh, you know, organize my notes or anything. Hey, did you guys know that you can be pro-America and not listen to shitty country music? Anyway, if your bio says, I will, inev- I will never apologize for being me, then that means you, for most of your friends anyway, They don't like you. They don't like you. You don't like you. I think you have a problem with people. And I think that's why you said you'll never apologize for being you. That's just what I think. I could be wrong. I don't know. I really don't know at all. Oh, man, guys. Also, do you guys want to know what my worst nightmare is? It's not actually my worst nightmare. But it's something that I would just dread like a motherfucker. Now, I know you're going to hear this and go, wow, Travis sucks. No, I'm awesome. I'm rad as fuck, guys. But this, this sounds fucking horrible to me. I do not want to stand around an object. Maybe it's a car. Maybe it's children and you're with other fathers. Maybe it's a fire and you're standing around that. Just talking, drinking a beer, nodding your head, talking about things, you know, the things you're looking at and uh, you either agree or disagree, you know, but you get your input. Hey, man, I don't fucking like it and I will blow my brains out right now. That sounds fucking horrible. Do you know what show I used to like when I was a kid? Um, Oh, God, uh, King of the Hill. I used to love King of the Hill. Uh, I don't like King of the Hill that much anymore. Uh, The lead character is a dick. But the opening scene and mainly the thing they do all goddamn episode, hanging out by the fence, just, you know, drinking a beer. That sounds horrible to me. I'm cool chilling and drinking a beer, but you don't have to make a spectacle out of it or, you know, feel rad being just sitting out there drinking your beer I'm basically, I have basically one person in mind when I'm talking about this and he's like a fake hick and he annoys the ever living shit out of me with this stuff. And, uh, this had me thinking the other day, um, about like realizing who you are as a person and being okay with who you are as a person. Uh, one of the reasons was because there was this TikTok video of a guy getting in his car Oh, first yard, cool. Um, 
a guy was getting in his car and it's it's something along the lines of um you know now I'm off work and I can relax and then it cuts to him headbanging to to metal okay I love metal it does relax me but I sent it to my wife and uh, I I won't say who it is even though they don't listen to my podcast and I know that because I had I think fucking 10 or 12 episodes out and they asked my wife what's his podcast about oh hey listen to it (laughs) thanks for the support oh see i'm cranky guys because i'm sick and i'm not feeling well so i'm gonna be extra fucking dickish while i'm talking about hating things oh god Uh, The second part of this podcast is actually going to be talking about happiness. So we'll get there, guys. So I sent her this video. And she's like, or I said who this would be, like, in this video, who would share this and go, OMG, so me. And she's like, LOL, ha, 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 so true. Uh, And she's like, but I can relate, though. And I'm like, no, no, so can I. And we like this. But she lives it. It's the thing with the finding who you are. This particular person uh, kind of jumps around. She's younger and she jumps around trying to find out who she is. And uh, she, you know, got a ton of tattoos very quickly. And the same thing, like, it always feels like she's trying to one up her sister because. You know, did I basically just say who? Uh, fuck it. It's my fucking sister-in-law. Uh, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Um, so, yeah. So, it's it's just really funny because I saw that shit. And it made me think of her and the stuff she would share. Um, and it made me feel better about knowing who I am. And I feel like it took the age of 33 for me to settle in and realize who I am and like what I'm about. I can't really explain it to you, but you can kind of get a sense of it when you listen to my episodes of who I am as a person. Most of the time, I have some thoughts about some shit, obviously, um, whether you agree, agree with it or not. And then also I say just just dumb shit just to be silly. Um, you know, like smug Jesus walking on water. That was one of the best things I've ever said because it made me laugh. But anyway, so yeah, so it's great just knowing who you are as a person. And it takes a long time to get there because I think most of the time you're trying to force, you know, who you are as a person or you take hobbies and things you're interested in and you make that who you are as a person when realistically your hobbies and the things you enjoy they don't define you they're just the things you're into it's literally just the person you are you know that's who you are you know it it's hard for me to really explain it but i feel like i finally settled into who i am And it's becoming more and more apparent all the time. And uh, it just feels good. You know? I don't feel like I'm fighting to find out who I am anymore. And um, that's a great feeling, guys. I, uh, 
Yeah. Because I have this tendency in my life to stay dormant. And ever since I was little, it's like I felt like where I was would get better without any work. And I'm waiting around like life is a waiting room and I'm just supposed to walk into my appointment. That's the next best thing. And you realize, you know, at a certain age that that's a bunch of bullshit. You know, I remember arguing with my brother and uh, him calling me fat when I was a kid and me saying, well, yeah, it's because I haven't grown yet. You know, I hadn't even hit puberty yet. Um, and ironically, when I hit puberty, I fucking grew like two inches and uh, lost a bunch of fat. And I felt the best I'd felt in a long time. But um, but yeah, I uh, I just remember that and remember thinking, yeah, well, eventually this will happen and I will be this. You know, I won't be fat because this will just fix it automatically for me. Um, hey, man, fat today. Uh, but yeah, they like I always just felt like things were like when I was working shitty jobs, I felt like another job was just going to fall in my lap or, you know, another experience was just going to fall in my lap without me having to try and do things. Like, I thought that's what life was. Like, things just fell into your lap. And that must be, you know, who I surrounded myself with. That maybe that's why I felt that way. But I don't know if that's why. I just know that life is not a waiting room. And you can't just sit there and expect that anything will get better on its own. Like the work has to be put in. It's uh, it's really unfortunate for some people who can't find it in them to put the work in. I struggle with it all the time. I put a lot of hard work into a lot of things. And uh, it, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. Um, I heard a quote the other day that I really liked. It's the hardest prisons to break out of are the ones without locks. It's so hard to break free from bad habits or addiction, no matter how big or small. I realized that the other day that when I get anxiety, I immediately turn to food as a comfort. I'm at work and I don't know what it was that was giving me really bad anxiety, but I had a real moment of goddamn motherfucker the other day. I, w- I had like this full on rage and anxiety at work and All I could think about, and I'm not fucking joking, all I could think about was eating to calm down. So I went to Burger King, and I don't like going to fast food, but I swear to God I do it out of, like, some shitty, like, comfort that I can't explain. Abuse. Um, And I went to Burger King, and I got two fucking burgers, and it literally calmed me down. Hey guys, I'm fucked up. (laughs) Been to therapy, wasn't the right therapist for me, and I stopped going. (sighs) But anyway, so I don't know why that is what I reach for. 
I mean, we were poor growing up, so it's not like I just had food readily available. I just know that maybe it, I think I'm trying to diagnose myself here. I was going to say maybe I felt like I didn't have any joy in a lot of things and getting fed dinner, lunch, and breakfast, I guess, was something that would I know would bring me joy. So it's like I have this thing inside me that, you know, there's other things that are a mystery, but I know that if I go eat this thing, I already know that that's going to bring me joy. But here's the shitty thing. Now that you're an adult, it doesn't bring me joy. It's like I'm still, it's like I realized it didn't bring me joy, but I couldn't figure out how to stop the actual process of eating shitty and overeating and everything. Like, I have been fucking killing it at the goddamn gym. I was fucking, I'm stronger in some areas than I even was in high school. And I was very fucking strong in high school. But I'm I'm absolutely killing it. I went to the gym five times in a row this week. Five days. I went Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I fucking killed it. The week before, I went Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Fucking killed it. I've been killing it. Do you know what else I've been killing? My body with the shitty food I've been taking in. It has not been great, guys. It has been some of the shittiest food. Like, like it's strange because, like, I feel so much stronger and I feel so great at the gym. And I'm just getting after it. And then, like, it's the next morning after I had worked out really hard and then came home and just ate like crap and ate like crap all day and worked. And the next morning, I'm just like, God, I just feel horrible. And not like I worked out too hard physically horrible. Like... My stomach is not great because of the shitty food I'm putting in my body. And I'm realizing that, like, there's no, well, not I'm realizing this. I already knew this. But there's no real shortcut to getting to where you want to be. See, the shortcut, in a way, would be, like, me working out really hard but still eating, like, crap and going, no, it's good. It's fine. It works. And then me still somehow losing weight. You know, it may seem like you found one, a shortcut, but life has a way of actually just taking you on a separate route. route. What the fuck word did I just say? A separate route. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, With like the same travel time. So let me repeat that because I butchered it. It may seem like you found one, a shortcut, but life has a way of actually just taking you on a separate route with the same travel time. So in a way, you think you're getting a shortcut, but it's not actually a shortcut. I don't really know a better way to explain that because I've been doing this to myself for so long. It's it, it's really just, it's fucking shitty. You know what I mean? Um... You know, I get, actually, you know what? I guess this would be a good time to just get into the big topic that I wanted to talk about. You know, I I had this thought. It's like happiness and depression are like a two-for-one sale. You have to have both of them. If you get one or the other, like they're both there. Like you, you have like this happiness and you have like this depression. 
And I don't know sometimes how to, you know, separate the two. Um, God, sorry guys, I'm trying to think. <sighs> it's hard for me to think right now because I don't feel well. Um, but I was thinking about this the other day when it, in terms of happiness and just being happy in general, what makes you happy? What do you actually do that keeps you happy? Because that's hard for me. Like I'm happy all the time, but it's like I'm depressed all the time too. So I have like my son around me and my wife and we're all happy. We're doing family stuff, but it's like, there's something in me that like, and uh, it's going to sound terrible. Like, I feel like I'm slowly killing myself, like with food and everything. And like, I have a feeling of hopelessness almost. And I've always said like, I'm, I'm blessed with hope. I know that eventually things get better. And what's tough is I'm in a current situation of things are great, but it's like me not feeling physically great is kind of dampening everything else. And then I was thinking, is it being ungrateful if you achieve something, but you don't feel satisfied? And I'm wondering if with all these things that I'm achieving or doing, like going to the gym and feeling just great about it, you know, um, my podcast and just, just anything I'm doing, it could be so small, but just something that brings me joy and something that I was supposed to do and something that makes me happy. Is it wrong that sometimes I don't feel satisfied by anything. And like when you achieve goals and you don't feel satisfied by it, is that shitty of you? Like, does that, like, is it a slap in the face to other people who maybe aren't achieving goals? Because I know in their head, most people who aren't achieving the same things you are. I've done this too. And I try to work on it all the time. They'll say things, you know, like, like I don't have to fuck. Sorry. Um, they'll say things like they'll, they'll say things to like bring you down or you, why are you complaining about that? You have all of this. And sometimes it's hard to see everything in front of you. If you put it behind this one door and then you lock the door, this one door that you locked is the one thing that is bothering you. And you have all this great fucking scenery right behind it. Just a great room that you're ready to walk into, but you're stuck in this waiting room, staring at this door and you don't actually know, even though you locked the door, you don't know how to like get in there and so you're just stuck with a key in your hand thinking to yourself, how the fuck do I get in there?
I have no answer. I wish I did because most of my life I've been sitting in this waiting room, you know, knowing what is behind that door, but I'm just sitting in a chair. There's not even a fucking receptionist. I'm just sitting there waiting for this door to open on its own instead of taking the time to figure out how does this key fit into this door? How does the lock turn on this door? How does the handle work on this door? Do I unlock it and then I just open this door and then I walk through it? Or is it a one step at a time thing? Do I unlock the door and then go sit back down on this chair and still stare at this door? Because maybe I'm thinking, well, I worked on this problem, but it doesn't seem to have gone away. It still seems to be lingering and I'm still in this fucking waiting room that is called my life. Like there's a part of me that just feels like it's never going to leave this chair. And then there's a part of me that feels like I'm already on the other side of the door. It's almost like there's a piece of me on each side. And I'm trying to find out how to open that door so both pieces can come together. And I don't know how to do that. I don't know if anyone knows how to do it, but I know some people can. And here's the funny thing is, it's almost like sometimes that door actually can just open on its own. And then you get to go through it. And you get to enjoy the scenery. You get to enjoy the people on the other side of that door. It's a breath of fresh air for you. And then you do one thing on the other side of that door. That makes you yourself turn back around, go inside that fucking room and lock the door behind you and sit down and you think, fuck, I fucked up. I'm a failure. I didn't do a good enough job. I'm going to have to sit back down. I'm going to have to figure out a way to do a better fucking job later. And this is like when I've eaten really well and then I eat like shit for three days. It's like I put myself back in that fucking waiting room and I don't let myself out. I don't know what the fuck the problem is. There's no one else holding the key but me. And that door isn't even as just always like, you know, my eating failures. Sometimes it's, it's other things. And, you know, I have no real fucking examples for you. I just know sometimes... I just don't feel great about myself. Sorry. Um, I didn't know when I wanted to talk about this on a podcast episode, but fuck it. We'll just talk about it now. When I was 19, I believe, I tried to kill myself. I have never told my family this. I have told a few friends this. My wife knows this. I've told a few people, but I tried to kill myself. Now, I don't think I actually wanted to kill myself. 
because I feel like if I actually wanted to, I feel like I had something in me that was holding me back from doing it. I feel like I would have made sure the safety was off the gun if I was actually wanting to kill myself. So it was when I was, you know, gonna be doing my sentence in jail. It was before we got a lawyer and I think we might've gotten a lawyer, uh, but it was before we knew what my sentencing was going to be and everything. And yeah, number two, I didn't know what my life was going to be like. I was in that waiting room and this is when I didn't know what was on the other side of that door. I was just in the waiting room and I'm like, fuck it. There's no way in hell I'm going to get on the other side of that door. And in fact, I'm afraid they're going to put about three more doors in front of that door. And how the fuck am I going to get a key to every one of those doors? So I had it in my head that my life is worth nothing. I don't deserve to be here. I don't want to put in the work. I don't want to take my punishment. I would just like all of this to end. I'm depressed. I feel worthless. I don't feel like there is a point to my life. And I don't feel like I'm going to give anything to anybody that would satisfy their needs. I felt like I was basically a drain to anything around me. That was in my own head. It wasn't an accurate depiction of my life at the time. I was just extremely depressed, unhappy, and could not figure out how to get out of that. And so I knew where my dad kept his gun in his room. I went into his room. I grabbed his gun. I did not even bother looking at the safety. I put it to my head, pulled the trigger. Safety was on. So, you know, no death that day. Super good timing, guys. There's someone backing their truck in a few spots down from me. But anyway, so that was what I thought needed to happen. There had been two other occurrences where I had grabbed his gun, uh, put it up to my head, didn't pull the trigger. It was two other times. And I don't know what it was about this third time that I was just like, fuck it, this is the end. I think it's because it was getting closer and closer to what turned out to not even be that fucking bad. Like I went into work release. So I spent most of my time in jail and I was working a part-time job. So I would leave and work four hours a day. So I would be gone for six hours because I was in jail over like an hour away from where I was working. That's the funny thing about life. That's why I, you know, thought of this thing blessed with hope. If I would have fucking killed myself, 
I wouldn't have my son. My wife would be on a completely different path in life. Her and I have talked about this. We both agree meeting me put her on a better path than she probably would have followed because that's basically the path both of her sisters and mom have taken. Uh, not the best one. They're not doing horrible. It's just they did not take great paths. Um, I have an issue when people talk about suicide and it being selfish. I understand that you leave people behind when you take your own life. But when you say things like it's extremely selfish, you're feeding the problem. This person already feels like they're at a point they want to take their life. And most of the time it's because they feel worthless as it is. And then you're going to put the burden of other people's happiness on them. This is something I've always felt. I've felt the burden of other people's happiness. And it came to me a while ago why I think this is. is because my parents didn't get along great when I grew up. So I would watch my mom cry. My mom would want to leave the house and go to the park and read or whatever. And I always wanted to go with her. And I always felt like it was my burden, you know, or like the burden was on me to make her feel better. So I grew up favoring women over men. It wasn't something I consciously did, but it was something that even my best friends, when they had problems with their girlfriends, I just immediately took the girl's side. It's, it makes me a shitty friend and I never meant to do that to my friends. It's just, this is the type of shit that can happen when you grow up a certain way. Like I watched my mom be treated unfairly and you know, so in my head, women were treated unfairly. It didn't matter what happened. The woman was being treated unfairly. If a woman started crying, it was immediately she was being treated unfairly. Obviously, this was well before I had relationships and saw there are two sides to every fucking story. But as a child, from the earliest age I can remember until God knows when, you witness certain things. I never saw my dad hit my mom or anything like that. But things were said, arguments were had, and feelings were hurt, and uh, unhappiness unfolded in front of me. That formed how I am. One time I had a guy at work joke and say I was Captain Sabaho, which I think is funny. Um, and... I even thought to myself, I'm like, you know, I'm, like, I wouldn't, like, that's a funny-ass fucking name to, to call someone, but, like, I don't, I don't even know what I was going to say. I just, it's it's weird, like, this is what, okay, my wife and I were arguing in front of Alistair quite a bit uh, before we, you know, actually tried to work on things. And, you know, we realized, and water break, guys, because I'm not feeling great, so my throat feels sore. 
Oh, man. Um, anyway. I... We saw the look that my son was having and how he was reacting to it, and he's three. So we try our best to not do that shit. I don't know. I I didn't plan on talking about half this shit, so now I'm kind of just, I don't know how I feel about it. Um, it's not necessarily something I was going to put on my podcast yet. But whatever, I guess I'm feeling a little emotional during this one and feeling the need to talk about things. I do say that this is my weekly therapy session. So fucking here we go, right? Um, I've... So I, yeah, so I have favored women over men. I feel like it's fucked up. It It has fucked up friendships with me. Um, I have a friend, actually, this is what's funny. Some of the friends that I fucking had are dicks. Like they're just assholes. And it's like, those were the friendships I fucked up and they were shitty to their girlfriends or whatever. And it's like, I favored their girlfriend over what was happening. And then it fucked up the friendship and then in my head I'm thinking well was that friendship even fucking worth it and then it almost seems like and this is so strange but it's like it it feels like I put myself in a position where it's like hey there's mom and dad again they're fighting all the time they're angry they have problems oh shit mom's upset how can I fucking help her and it was never about like Oh, I could help this girl because then I could fuck her. No, it was literally, it's like I saw my mom crying in front of me and I'm like, fuck, I have to help her. Like it, I have no choice. I have to ignore everything else and make sure she's okay. Here's a fucking great example of this. My best friend, James, he was dating a girl named Brittany. I'm dropping names. I don't care. Brittany pathological liar she fucking she made up a fake fucking pregnancy here's the weirdest thing guys i forgot this about this person or not forgot i didn't know this at the time i had heard a story about this girl i didn't realize it was the same girl i had heard a story about her faking a pregnancy with another guy we knew that I went to high school. Well, I went to high school with uh, his sister, but he faked, she faked a pregnancy with him. And then years later down the line, she does it again. And I don't realize it until later talking to some people. It's the same fucking person. And this apparently is something she continues to fucking do to get her way. She faked a pregnancy with my friend. My friend wasn't ready for a kid. He didn't know what he wanted to do. But in my head, I'm like, oh, shit. She needs to feel better about this situation. So I went down with her in her Jeep down to, it's called the Bottoms. Uh, It's just, it's basically in front of the river. Um, 
<clears throat> for hours and we talked and joked about shit and, and had a nice conversation. And it was never anything like, oh, I'm here with his girlfriend. I'm going to have sex with her. That's not what this is. I know I'm a guy and guys like to fuck anything that moves, but this is literally not what that was. And that's literally not who I am as a person. Um, but so we had this whole conversation. Uh, I was telling her, listen, this is your choice, not James's choice. Like you're the one who has to have the kid and all this shit and blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> Basically going behind my best friend's back. And I never understood why I could justify this type of behavior to myself. Like I would never do this shit now. Like now I'm at a point where it's like, oh no, 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 no. Uh, I'm not going to fucking do that to my friend because I think I'm a better friend now than I used to be. I don't think I was a great friend. I can be very selfish and I don't know about egotistical, but I mean, before I could in high school, I was definitely, I definitely got fucking egotistical. Um, but I had this whole conversation with her behind his back and later, you know, he found out about it and everything. Um, but the whole point is like, I think that comes from my childhood and <clears throat> I feel like I went off so far that I don't even know where I was at. I mainly was just trying to get at, you know, you're feeding into a problem when you say suicide is selfish don't get me wrong, guys. I think it is a selfish thing to do. But don't you think that if you have someone... <coughs> Fuck, man. Hey, another water break, right? I don't edit these fucking podcasts, so you get everything I say and do. I'm going to be really excited, guys, when I feel better. I'm just going to say that. <clears throat> but anyway, um, I always felt like it was selfish to make someone keep fighting for their life if they don't want to put up the fight. I get that you don't want to hurt because the person's gone. But how do you think the person feels when they're fighting for their life every day, not wanting to be on earth? They're not wanting to be alive anymore, but they feel this burden like they have to be for you. You get your happy life. You get to smile. These people fake smiles. These people go home and maybe they drown themselves in alcohol. Maybe they drown themselves in fucking drugs. Maybe it's fucking porn. Maybe it's just staring at a fucking TV or a blank goddamn wall. The whole point is there are fucking doors in front of them. They go home to their own waiting room. <clears throat> they can't find the happiness they need. And you're saying it's selfish if they don't want to continue dealing with that. I'm not advocating that these people kill themselves. 
but it's unfair to force someone to live a punished life so you can feel happy. How can you live with yourself making someone live with themselves? That's unfair to that person. I don't want to be the reason someone's unhappy. Even if that's that means that they are sticking around. Like, don't get me wrong. I firmly believe in Blessed with Hope. I firmly fucking believe everything gets better. Sometimes it doesn't. Unfortunately, sometimes you don't, you have to work for things to get better. <clears throat> if you don't, that's when you stand in your fucking parents' bedroom holding a gun to your head, pulling the trigger. I don't know what else to really say about that. You just have to find your happy, you know, find your own perfection. Find something that's going to keep you going. Or figure out what is best for you. This one got a little depressing, guys. Um, I'm just not feeling great. Um, I've been in my head this week. I uh, I know I started out a little silly. Um, I hope this one's enjoyable at least. I hope maybe um, any of this resonates with you guys. I have a song that I'm gonna play immediately after immediately after I'm done talking. That it's from a stand-up comedian, but it fits perfectly into this fucking thing because it's like. Are you happy? Like, what is happiness? Do you know what I mean? It's all I've ever wanted in life. When people have asked me, what do you want in life? Most of the time, the answer has been, I just want to be happy. And uh, for the most part, I achieve that. If you don't, I hope you find something that brings you there. And uh, all I can say is one of my favorite bands. Their album title is called Life is Not a Waiting Room. And I have never heard a better fucking saying in my life. Uh, because, you know, realistically, life is not a waiting room. So I appreciate you guys fucking diving into this with me. I'm sorry if you've... If you listen to the whole thing, I really appreciate it. Um, I'm dragging on here. I'm sorry. You guys have a good one. Uh, follow all my social media. You know what it is. Look at the links and everything. It's cool. All right, guys. Preach all the preach. Now the show is done I hope that you had Gut trembling or something resembling Fun and if you watch this thing alone You 
probably didn't laugh, but maybe a few times you exhaled out of your nose. But if you hated it, that's fair. But either way, could you find a little more time for a parting questionnaire? On a scale from one to zero, are you happy? Because you're on your own from here, so are you happy? I'm open to suggestions. Are you happy? But what the fuck kind of question is, am I happy? I really want to try to get happy. And I think that I could get it if I didn't always panic every time I'm unhappy. Like, I'm owed some life where I'm always like happy. Which is stupid because I wouldn't even want it if I got it. Wait, oh God, my dad was right. So if you know or ever knew how to be happy on a scale from one to two now, are you happy? You're everything you hated. Are you happy? Hey, look, Ma, I made it. Are you happy? Gram, babe.